guys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your Rainbow Bastion. For all things pro wrestling, I am your host, one Brian Bell, here on the Outsports Radio Network, and I am coming to you live, <laughs> um, as you can probably tell from the uh, slightly less uh, grand audio quality. I am not at my home studio. I am actually coming to you live from the uh, Nashville International Airport, where I am on an overnight layover at the moment. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, you know, putting out this podcast, like, I won't even stop, even if I have to do it while I'm spending the night in the Nashville Airport. It's always fun. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, so this week, um, I am bringing back my partner, KC, uh, who you might remember from the first episode of the show here, um, because we went to uh, a live event in our hometown of Portland um, that was really fun and featured a couple of premier uh, LGBTQ pro wrestling talents on the show uh, making their Portland debuts, um, Effie and MV Young, but of course there was plenty of other stuff from the show that was interesting to both myself and KC, and we get into it here in a fun discussion about it. Um, the show overall, great, DOA Pro Wrestling in Portland, um, it's the one promotion here in, t- in town uh, that KC and I have um, made it a habit of attending, um, maybe not every month, but Hopefully that will become more regular as we go along. But either way, um, every time we've been to one of their shows, they knock it out of the park. Um, and this one was no different. Uh, DOA, naughty or nice. But yeah, we get into that discussion there. We also talk a little bit about Kira Hogan and Diamante's recent work, um, which is always fun. Uh, you know, recently they won the WOW Women's Wrestling's Tag Team Championship. Um, and becoming the first out LGBTQ couple to ever win tag team gold together, um, which is rad to see. Um, but yeah, I think it was a fun discussion. I always enjoy being able to sit down with KC um, and talk wrestling because they always have a very different viewpoint with stuff, um, whether it be taking a taking a different a, a differing interest from what the um, the booking may. Um, try to dictate in terms of who, which wrestler's good or bad in a certain match, um, who they might be thirsting. <laughs> They're probably going to get angry about me saying that, but I, it's okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it was a really fun conversation, like all of our pro wrestling conversations. Um, but yeah, I think you're going to dig it, and we'll just shoot to that right now. Alright guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, this week is going to be another fun time conversation with uh, my partner, uh, Casey, uh, who oh. you remember. Huh? Hello. Oh, that, yes, there you, you jump in at any time, sweetie. It's perfectly fine. No, like, uh, you remember them from uh, the first episode of the show, where we kind of went over um, some of their experience is coming to pro wrestling and we kind of discuss what we've been seeing over the past year or two in terms of the rise of queer pro wrestling. But, um, 
I felt it was a pretty good time to have them back on because we went to an event this weekend that featured some very popular queer pro wrestlers. Um, and also there's just been some stuff that has happened within the industry that I know uh, Casey has voiced an opinion on, at least privately, <laughs> uh, with me. And so I figured uh, this today would be a, a good time to just have a nice little chat for the show here, especially since I'm about to get on a, a plane pretty soon here. So, um, But why don't we start off with the event that we went to this weekend. Um, of course, we, uh, we went to DOA Pro Wrestling's Naughty or Nice event um, on Sunday, which DOA is a, a promotion local to Portland. They've been around for a while now. Um, and we've been to a few of their shows in the past, and they've been pretty good experiences, but this one was special in particular because uh, it featured the DOA debuts of both Effie and MV Young, and they I, they both put on stellar performances and drew a packed house down there at Harvey's Comedy Club <laughs> downtown. Um I guess Casey, what what were your impressions coming out of that show? Like, how how did you enjoy yourself, or did you enjoy yourself? I guess is the better question to start off with. There, <laughs> I did enjoy myself. Yeah, um, I thought the show was really good. Um, there were a lot of different talents that I hadn't heard of in general, partly because I'm new to uh, pro wrestling in general. But um, it was just good to see um, people who I am not necessarily familiar with. Um, they actually had uh, a pretty diverse range of wrestlers, um, mostly male wrestlers, um, but there are a lot of men of color. And um, so it was just cool to see some representation that way. Um, the one sort of downside or something that kind of bummed me out was um, there was only one um, female wrestler um, partly because of the weather, uh, I think it's, I mean, it's my understanding that the wrestler she was supposed to face, um, wasn't able to actually make it to the show, um, just because some of the, um, snow and ice that's been happening around the state. Well, that was, um, I think Colt 45, actually, they were supposed to face, uh, the, the DOA tag team champions at the event. They get stuck in Nevada because of the weather. Um, the opponent for the for the match you're talking about i believe that she kimmy was hurt oh, and couldn't right. yeah and so they had to sub in uh a man which that was pretty cool to see in her gender match mm-hmm. um but you know in general um i do like to see women's wrestling so um and i think also maybe my expectation was a little bit high because the last DOA show we saw um what was the title again? oh the uh, the queen of thorns tournament yeah yeah it was DOA's first um all women's tournament well there definitely were some men wrestling but... well no but like the tournament itself okay, was yeah. a women's tournament I see what you're saying. yeah there were definitely men on the show but yeah but each time we've gone to the DOA shows um I've really enjoyed them um Last year, around this time, there was Flexi Claus, but yes. we missed him this time around. No, nah, Flexi Claus was not nowhere to be seen. We did get Santa in the form of um, the ring announcer, though, which was rad. Um, but 
honestly, it's been interesting to see because like we're on a good track record for going to Christmas shows in terms of uh, queer wrestlers, or at least like queer coded wrestlers. Last year when we went to um, the DOA Christmas themed event. Actually, I can't remember the name of it right now. It wasn't naughty or nice, to my knowledge. Um, we saw ravenous Randy Myers in a in a quote unquote death match against Drexel, uh, <laughs> where you know the I don't know if you remember I don't know if I'm jogging your memory or not. It was the the dude who came out with the uh, flannel that said "Consent is sexy" on it. Who was the opponent of Drexel? Yeah, okay. Randy Myers. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. right. I do remember that. Yes. So Randy Myers, rad dude. So we have a good track record here because this year we got two awesome representation pieces there with Effie and MB Young. I do hear you on the the lack of women wrestling, uh, w- women's wrestling on the show though. Like that was probably the only, one of the few um, aspects that the show did not really feature at all. Um, Mainly because, and I know this has been a point of contention with you, um, is that the what was going to be the women's match was set to be the uh, the VIP match, which was uh, a match only available for people who had bought uh, front row or second row tickets um, to the show. So you had to have purchased early entry to see the women wrestle uh, to begin with, for for this show at least. So yeah, like I could see, I could definitely see how that's frustrating. There were definitely lots of ups aside from that. Like I think I'm always going to have some aspect of criticism with basically any form of entertainment. You know, I consume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that was pretty cool because we saw Drexel again mm-hmm. in No Lives Matter. Yes, the the DOA Tag Team Champions. <laughs> yes, and. Um, I had one of the best sort of announcers or, um, what would you call them? Like people who shout out into the, out, out of the crowd constantly, I guess, instigators. Oh, like fans that are yelling. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Um, Just, just loud fans. (laughs) (laughs) So I had an awesome instigator behind me who, yes, what he was like, Two and a half or three, maybe three and a half. I don't know. Somewhere around the toddler um, range. Old enough to know that he can beat some ass. <laughs> yes. He just kept saying to all of the wrestlers, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. So when Drexel from No Lives Matter comes out, he is decked out in this scary face paint. Um, looks very intimidating, and this kid is just standing there on his seat right by the um, entrance row. Um, and Drexel totally spotted him and came up and <laughs> yeah, it was rad to see. Cause like Drexel, like whenever he's in full on like get up, like he looks like Rob Zombie at his most dolled up. Like really, it's a good way to put it. Yeah, and so like to see this kid just like stand there like nah. I ain't afraid of you, demon. <laughs> I got yeah. this fist for you. Like that was that was rad. That was really awesome to see. That's the kind of fan interactions that I really like to see, especially from kids that young, because it reminds me of like whenever I was first getting into pro wrestling as well. Like I'm pretty sure I don't know if I would have been that kid, but I I hope I would have been that kid <laughs> if I had gotten into wrestling at that young of an age. 
Yeah, I know his parent took him up to meet Drexel after the show. (laughs) (laughs) And see, that probably made that kid's day, too. Possibly. He was also calling him the boogeyman, so maybe not. (laughs) Hey, that's fine. Like, so you got to face your fears sometimes. Uh, But it's funny you mentioned that, though, because those same kids were having a very... uh, very positive interaction with with Effie during intermission as oh, well yeah. from what we saw, which was pretty rad to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Actually, it seemed like there were a lot of kids because there was another uh, group of kids across the room who came up and like got autographs from people, took pictures with Effie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was pretty great to see. Who doesn't love Effie? Rad. I don't know if I could answer that. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I I honestly can't either, but. I, either way, let, let's let's get to that real quick, though, because we saw both Effie and MB Young. I'm pretty sure it was the first time that you had seen... I don't know if I'd shown you... I definitely didn't see MV Young. Yeah, MV Young, this was your first time seeing MV Young. I th- want to say I showed you an Effie match before. Yeah, yeah you have. Okay. I mostly remember just because daddy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you always remember. It's either that or the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. God, I want that jacket. Anyway. <laughs> but, no, like, what was your... What were your impressions uh, seeing uh, MV Young for the first time? The American attraction. Yeah, I mean, I did like that match. Um, I think I was rooting for the opponent, though. Oh, Caden Cassidy? Yes. That's, you know, um, I understand. <laughs> um, he was one of the um, men of color. Yes. And... Um, Maybe kind of my time. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, okay. Um, I might have been paying a little bit more attention to the other side. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. Like, you wouldn't be the first person on this show to get a little horny on me, and so... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's happened before. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, like, like, yeah, like, that match was awesome, and it delivered on everything that I would expect from an MV Young match, including the, uh, how chatty... MB Young can be. Yeah. Uh, um. I, there was at one point during the match where somebody in the crowd, I think, was saying, was it, I think it was somebody in the crowd that was like saying something about um sucking dick or something. Oh. Somebody said something about I sucking must have dick. Missed that. Somebody says I, I want to say some. It was either about something about sucking dick or something about being attracted. Something directed at MB Young for being attracted to men or something. It wasn't derogatory or anything. Oh. I, to my knowledge, it was more so just like um. I don't know. Playing around. Playing around. There were no slurs thrown around or anything. Yeah, no, there were definitely some queer positive um, crowd members shouting shouting stuff out just throughout the entire show, to be honest. Oh, totally. Um, I just, I must be missing. Yeah. Well, anyway, the fans said something about about Dick or something like that. And then Envy Young, while he was beating up Caden Cassidy, just yelled out, I'm bisexual, but I'm not attracted to you. And it was great. It lit up the crowd. <laughs> okay, I did hear that. For some, actually, you know, I thought a crowd member said he's not bisexual and, um, or he's bisexual and not attracted to you. No, no, no. That was okay. Envy Young that said that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, even better. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, even better. Although I'm pretty sure I messed that up because Envy Young tends to speak about speak about himself in third person. So I'm pretty sure he said Envy Young is bisexual and is not attracted oh, to you. Yeah. Okay. So that would be why I didn't. Yes. No, it was him. Either way, Envy Young and Caden Cassidy, stellar 
match. They they ended up turning the a reg, what was a, supposed to be a regular match into a false count anywhere match, and they delivered on that with tables and mm-hmm. chairs. And MV Young got thrown through a ladder. <laughs> he got like slammed into the the one support beam that's right next to the ring in that in that club. Yeah, and the match ended after uh, MV Young super kicked Caden Cassidy off of the stage through a table. And then came off with an elbow drop to get the the fin- to get the pin. I don't know. It was just really. It was a really good use of the setup. Yes. Um, because before this show, um, there's a support beam like in the middle of the room, and the way they have to set the stage up, like the ring is right in the middle of the room next to this. Actually, there's two support beams on other either side of the ring. Um, on the side closest to the audience, there's, um, a bunch of chairs set up for the audience. So they, they often don't, um, go out much, um, of the ring on that side, but on the other side, there aren't any chairs set up for the most part. Um, so that support beam is just, you know, ripe for beating somebody (laughs) on. Um, so this was really one of the, um, first shows where we really got to see that support beam used um and you know i always expect chairs tables and ladders <laughs> well not always ladders but uh it was just fun having that sort of natural object <laughs> used i mean it's one of those things that you like quote unquote always find around a ring yeah so it was bound to make an appearance in, in a match that catered to such plunder. Um, but no, overall, like I I really enjoyed seeing MV Young in that match and finally getting a chance to see him live. And I know he's mainly on the East Coast right now um, in the Northeast. And I just hope that for both him and Effie, who we're about to get to, um, that this experience was positive enough for them to come back out because I think both of us would love to see both of them again. I don't know, maybe that's just me. I don't mean to put put that on no. you either, but um, but anyway, before but let's uh, let's get to Effie real quick because I of course you I've shown you Effie matches before, but mm-hmm. you finally get to see Daddy in person. Oh yes, <laughs> and. I I, w- I want to know your impressions of of Effie and his match against Daniel Maccabi, which by the way like got kind of lost in this a little bit just because everybody was so excited for Effie. Daniel Maccabi yeah. is an outstanding pro wrestler with a extensive MMA background who I was excited to see for the first time as well. So like both guys in this match were amazing, um, but specifically, what was your what were your impressions of uh, Effie and maybe the match overall after that? I mean, I thought Effie was going to win just because he was definitely the crowd favorite. Um, so it was kind of surprising when Daniel ended up winning. But um, I think I'm always probably trying to guess who might be winning and losing these matches. And um, it just doesn't always work out that way. No. Um, but either way, like I thought both of them were um, great wrestlers in general. And I, I mean, I, I think that it's it's definitely a different experience watching like an Effie match on YouTube or on uh, Fight TV or that sort of thing. And then seeing him live in person, it's just a different, you get to feel like the atmosphere 
that he yeah. creates and what he brings out of the fan base. Because, like, I've, I've said it before on the show, like, uh, Portland has a reputation for being very queer-friendly, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to say that it doesn't meet that expectation for the most part. But um, in terms of the pro wrestling scene, while we've seen a lot of the advancements for LGBTQ pro wrestling come out of, like, the East Coast and, and other places, like, mainly the East Coast... Um, man, there's some other oh, some bastions in the Midwest as well that have been doing a lot better uh, with featuring queer talent. You haven't seen a ton of that going down in Portland per se. No. Um, in terms of like, I mean, local promotions and also like just local local wrestlers, um, and even who they bring in uh, at times, which isn't always like that. Sometimes dictated by financials and stuff like that, but. It's it was really awesome to see them uh, make a commitment to bring out two awesome queer pro wrestlers, especially a, a guy like Effie, who you know, to my knowledge, rarely gets out this way. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think is it was really nice to see the crowd react the way they did with him. Yeah. Um, just because, like, I mean, I think he was like kind of the headliner in some ways because he's the one who's prominently displayed on the promotional poster oh yeah um, he was front and center the entire promotion of this yeah thing. um so i mean you know um i'm sure that attracted a lot of of his a lot of his fans out out here um but just in general like when you see someone come out in fishnets with very tight like pvc shorts and that jacket like i mean you know just kind of stops the crowd oh very easily (laughs) very easily no like i think like that was probably like the biggest takeaway for me was just how hot the crowd was for effie not that i i it was one of those things where i i I expected them to be excited because it's effie and effie has a reputation uh-huh. Um, especially among people who follow independent wrestling, which there were a, a lot of DOA fans that follow independent wrestling. There was a, a lot of GCW fans there, and anybody that's seen Effie's GCW stuff knows that um, that he is definitely gaining some popularity within that crowd too. So it was just I was just excited to see that happen because you never know what's what's going to happen, especially whenever you're looking out at a crowd of fans that are just like in the just in your regular like black every wrestling shirt for some reason has to be on black like like, (laughs) i I get it like i get it but also like make some color in there please um but that but you see like the swath of the crowd there like we were talking about it before the show like there weren't that many visibly queer people that we could tell at the show and that could be just from us i mean i still say there were probably a lot of bisexual women but i mean that's just me yeah, I, you might. I'm not gonna sit here and deny that. So, it's just one of those you don't see it as much. But then, like as the show went on, I think a lot of that kind of started to play out because you see, like, I know there was at least one other person there with a Golden Lover shirt on. Mm-hmm. And then during intermission, we saw someone pop up wearing the that new Sophie King shirt. The gender is fake. Pro wrestling is real. Uh-huh. Which uh, that shirt is so fucking rad, and I'm so happy to see that happen. <laughs> Somebody else wearing that shirt out in the wild. Um, aside from you, <laughs> aside yes, I got. By the way, Sophie, I got mine, and it's rad. Um, <laughs> I'll take a picture of it and, and throw it up on Twitter. Um, 
but no, like it, I think that Effie allow Effie and to a larger extent, just the, the rise and prominence of queer pro wrestling allows fans to kind of, if not explore that side of themselves, at least feel comfortable expressing support for those, for those communities. Right. Like I think it breaks down those barriers. Yeah, definitely. So overall, what what were your uh, takeaways leaving uh, DOA naughty or nice? Well, I think the moment that keeps coming back to me is, I think it might have been the first match. Do you remember who? Oh, that was the uh, the four minutes of heat against the no, Bowler Club. It was the one after that. It was a one on one. Trying to think, who was, was it? With CJ. Oh, C.J. Edwards and Logan Stunt. All right. Tell me if this sounds familiar because um, I'm having trouble with my recall right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was one time when somebody from the crowd just yelled, yeah, whoop his ass. And they were just in the perfect position where one of them just starts whooping their, the other one's ass. <laughs> like, literally spanking light, lightly, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, that moment just keeps coming back to me. I'm pretty sure that was CJ versus Logan stunt. I think so. Yeah, because that was the second match on the card. That was the first one-on-one match. Yeah, that was that was one of the more like let's have fun style of matches. Yeah, mixed in with some of the 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 trademark violence, quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, I really liked that match. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there were there were aspects of each of them that. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, just because the matches were actually pretty varied um, in the style. Um, earlier you were talking about MV Young's match mm-hmm. um, where, you know, that's when they pulled out all of the different objects to beat each other with this first match between CJ C. Edwards and Logan Stein stunt stunt. <laughs> it's okay. There's a lot of names. It's a lot of names to throw out there. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. The, just, it was a really good way um, to start off the more one-on-one matches for me. Um, just CJ came out first and um, he's a pretty short dude or not. Sorry. I shouldn't really say pretty short. Cause you know, I actually can't really tell in the ring, but they played it up as a joke later because Logan's definitely a little bit shorter. And it's, that is obvious. You could tell when they're both standing in the ring Yeah, and CJ just yelled, you know, I didn't think they made them smaller than me. <laughs> Which is always fun with the, with the, with the stunts. Cause like Logan is of course the, the brother of Marco stunt uh, who of AEW fame. Um, and you know, both of them are a little on the shorter side in terms of things, they, but they were still so good. Exactly. They they don't let that hamper themselves in the ring, which is always rad to see. And I think that honestly, that that whoop that uh, thing about the crowd yelling whoop their ass, that's totally in that match because Logan Stunt, for some reason, I know why actually. I don't know why I say for some reason <laughs> he brought out the GCW fans in mass who would not stop chanting GC Dub whenever he was in the ring. Oh, that's what they were shouting. Yes, GC Dub, <laughs> Game Changer Wrestling. Ah. Yes, so. That's definitely where that, because that is so, that is very much a GCW thing to yell out. Um, so, yeah, no surprise there. I also really enjoyed the last match. Ah, yes. Um, probably because, okay, so I don't remember the exact name of the dude, um, but basically the opponent came out, the challenger, 
for the belt, and he was dressed kind of like Indiana Jones. Uh, Pitfall Jones. Yes, Pitfall Jones. Yes. And he's a white guy who's carrying around a whip, which, like, <laughs> at first I was like, mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, but then the um, opponent who is the title holder. Yes, the DOA grand champion. That would be HBQ. Um, and he's black. So I was like, instantly, okay, he's got to win against the white dude with a whip. <laughs> Which is interesting because technically HBQ is a bad guy. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> definitely could tell because the whole crowd just kept booing him. I couldn't I couldn't really tell like why. I was like, oh, come on. No, <laughs> he's got to win. <laughs> so I was probably the loudest person cheering for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Not good optics. No. <laughs> did they think that through all I the don't, way? I don't think they did. Mm. Well. Which I don't I, blame him. Like, Pitfall Jones is basically a mashup. The character is basically a mashup of Indiana Jones and also, like, the main dude from the Pitfall video game. So, like, right. it's a it's an expedition man with his whip swinging through the jungle. It's not necessarily... Swinging through the jungle. Yes. Yeah, okay, I'm making things worse, aren't I? <laughs> Uh, a whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not meant to be that way, but definitely when you have a white dude coming out with a whip, facing a black dude, like, yeah, there's things you can take that. Is. But that match was just so exciting. I think mm. it really had the whole crowd on edge because they both kept beating the shit out of each other. Yes. And almost pinning each other or making the other tap out. And I don't know if you want to explain sort of how that match wound up going. You do. Oh, how it ended? Me. Yes. So, yeah. So, basically, um, there was a ref bump um, near the end, and then Pitfall Jones locked in a cloverleaf on HBQ, and HBQ started tapping out, and the ring announcer came in and recognized the uh, the tap out. This was the ring announcer dressed as Santa Claus, mm-hmm. who I think um, had been involved in the wrestling match at that point. I don't. I don't know the if he got him. Threw each other in him. Po- yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> so. Actually, anyway, um, there was a basically there's a ref bump. The the ring announcer who was dressed as Santa came in and basically counted HBQ out, um, and basically said that Pitfall won. But the referee woke up um, and restarted the match basically because it basically the the ring announcer did not have. Quote, the power, quote unquote, to uh, to declare a winner. So they restarted the match. Caden Cassidy, after going through a table, came back out um, <laughs> and hit Pitfall Jones um, and helped HBQ secure a victory shortly after the match was restarted. Um, so yeah, it was a definitely a screw job finish on that in some ways, but it was still exciting. It was a good way. To kind of show some... I I loved it. Yeah. The crowd was so fucking mad. Oh, and yeah. I was just eating that up. <laughs> <laughs> you and a lot of other people. Like, it was it was a really... It, it was a really exciting match, honestly. That was... I, I think it was outside of the Queen of Thorns tournament final between Christina Von Erie and Sue Young that we saw. That might have been the... It's close. It's close to that match in terms of the best DOA main event that we've seen. Mm-hmm. 
No, I wouldn't put it. I, I don't say it's my favorite DOA match that I've seen so far. I still think that goes to Ethan HD and Sonico from our very first show that we went to last December. <laughs> but the first time we saw someone use the stage, <laughs> where Ethan HD just suplexed Sonico onto the the stage at the comedy club there, like that was pretty <laughs> rad to see. But no, it was an outstanding main event. Um, honestly, there wasn't a bad match on this show really. Um, you know, we got to see Jaden, who was awesome, the local product. Um, and then, of course, Four Minutes of Heat. I know I've already said something mm-hmm. about them, but Four Minutes of Heat, like every time we go to a DOA show, they have either they steal part of the show with their match, or like I am reminded of how like charismatic and awesome they are just in terms of their character work. Like Eddie Pearl, specifically, like there's some definite like Eddie Guerrero mullet vibes going on there. Oh, yeah. And, like, him and Ricky Gibson, like, they both are outstanding. And, and if you ever get out to the Pacific Northwest, definitely catch them on a show. Uh, Four Minutes of Heat are <laughs> so good. <sighs> well, you know, from, from one awesome local show that we went to um, to... Oh, real quick, before we move off of, of the DOA stuff and the local stuff, quick shout-out to... Uh, Three to one battle up in Seattle and uh, Eddie Van Glam because the night before we saw Effie, Eddie Van Glam fought Effie in a match up at three to one battle, and apparently that involved a whole lot of cello, <laughs> which just seems rad and fun. And I <laughs> am hoping to find that match online somewhere that I can watch. Um, yeah, no, it's it sounded exciting as hell. So I'm I'm looking forward to finding that match also. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, there is one other thing I wanted to talk to you about um, in terms of positive queer pro wrestling that's have been happening in the past couple of weeks. Um, of course, I know I've spoken with you um, about Kiara Hogan's whole saga for this year. Whenever with her. Um, coming out, announcing her relationship with Diamante, and mm-hmm. then like all of the things that she's been doing, like charity wise and advocacy wise, along with um, a lot of, along with continuing her work in Impact and Wow, and um, now the Ladies' Night Out stuff. Um, but we had some stuff happen with her and Diamante in the past couple of weeks that are pr- pretty cool. Uh, they fought each other for the first time in a match <laughs> at Ladies' Night Out eight um, last month. Which, by if you if you have a title match network subscription, like definitely seek that match out. It was really fun. Um, they definitely played off of the relationship there, where they were acting like they didn't necessarily want to hurt each other, <laughs> uh, even though it is their jobs to hurt each other in some ways. But like definitely, it was a it was a fun match overall. But then after coming off of that match. Um, they actually went to Wow Women's of Wrestling, which airs on Access TV, uh, where they portray a tag team named mm. Fire and Adrenaline, um, and they ended up winning the Wow Tag Team Championships on the season finale of the show last month, um, and in doing so, became the first LGB the first out LGBTQ couple to win. A wrestling championship together. Wow. Yeah. So, like, a lot of advancement here going on. And I know that they also were uh, facing each other in a fatal four way match at the WrestleCade Showcase of Champions this weekend. Uh, they were facing Ivelisse and Miranda Alize, like the drink. Um, 
uh, for the Ladies Night Out Championship at that event. I have not. <laughs> I feel bad. I haven't had a chance to watch that match yet. I've been working through that event myself, so I can't say anything about that match just yet. But I just want to like. There's been a lot of stuff happening with Kiara and Diamante, and I'm curious to hear your take, uh, especially knowing like the 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 marks that they're setting. I mean, them being the first out champions, like, regardless of whether they're a couple, like, just in general, um, like, I think that's huge, especially, like, being the focus of a women's wrestling match uh, or wrestling show um, in general. Um, I haven't seen, uh, like, from the few that I have seen, that's just not something that um, has presented itself yet. Uh, like, there's a lot of like we've definitely watched um, women's wrestling like tournaments that are. Um, I'm forgetting the one. There was one in in Florida that we watched a while back. Um, oh, the May Young Classic. Yes. So with the May Young Classic, the the matches started out with a lot of um, gender nonconforming women, but as it went on, um, more of them were were losing their matches, so they weren't really able to go on in the tournament. Um, so it just kind of kept narrowing down to um, sort of uh, like mostly feminine uh, presenting women's wrestlers. So I just think in general, um, having um, two queer women, especially if they're a couple, like winning um, the um, tag team championship, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's a... I just feel like that's a good. No, it's. it's I mean, I I think it's really awesome. Like the same. I think I agree with you on that. In that way, um, especially considering that they're both like women of color, and they also joined the uh, the WoW champion uh, singles champion as basically all the champions in WoW right now are, are women of color as well. So like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different uh, communities being represented in WoW, uh, which knowing the history of WoW is amazing to see because wow has been kind of um they wow is kind of like the next step brainchild of the guy who created glow originally mm. so like it's definitely a step up well we gotta watch more of those oh well trust me we're about to get access tv because uh playstation view is going away r.i.p and so <laughs> i want to find another way to watch tv and more than likely that will mean that uh, we'll be getting access TV, and we can watch more of WoW, um, and and let you get a a good view of that stuff. Um, so, uh-huh. but uh, it's really rather they won the titles there. Um, and honestly, like I I think I need to show you the their match against each other at some point whenever oh, whenever definitely. we're feeling it because like that match was outstanding. Um, but yeah, no shout out to to Kieran Diamante. Um, of course just doing awesome stuff out there and you know shout out to all of the awesome queer wrestlers and queer promoters and queer journalists like everybody that's that's giving lgbtq pro wrestling um their spotlight right now it's really awesome to see the rise of it um especially i enjoy especially enjoy watching you like casey like i i really enjoy watching you like see more of what wrestling can be because i know every time i turn on wwe or I turn on NXT or something like we had this at War Games, like where I turned on the War Game show and immediately eyes were rolling, and like I could like I know that that 
product frustrates you at times. So like, I'm really, I'm really glad that that there's other stuff that I can that I can show you specifically. I mean, it's mostly because WWE tries really hard to put enough very feminine presenting wrestlers in a ring and then pat themselves on the back for it. Yeah. With and they probably don't pay them equally still. So like they can say how great they are for women now but if they're really gonna say that then they should fucking back their words up and treat people how they're worth I couldn't say it better myself honestly any any final thoughts instead of taking me to an NXT show you should be taking me to a WoW show Oh, well, I think WoW records all their shows in L.A., so, like... Oh, take me to L.A. All right, fine. We're going <laughs> to... As soon as I get back from Atlanta, we're going to go to L.A., apparently. Thank you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays. Uh, thank you for indulging me again. No. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a very fun conversation for myself to have with KC. Don't think that they're going to be wanting to go to the NXT show uh, in Portland in February, but you never know. We'll see. Um, by the way, I did check out, finally, the uh, the Showcase of Champions um, match featuring Diamante, Kiera Hogan, Ivelisse, and Miranda Alizé. Light the drink for the Ladies Night Out Championship for over the weekend down in Winston-Salem. And I have to say, the match was outstanding. They continue to build off of the story where Diamante is aligned with Ivelisse, but doesn't necessarily want to hurt Kiara or like overly use excess- excessive force with Kiara. Um, and they just keep teasing this, like... This this dissension among Ivelisse and Diamante, uh, with especially with Miranda Alize joining uh, Las Sicarias at the end of the show, there helping Ivelisse uh, retain the title in that match. Um, it makes for some, some interesting storytelling heading into the next Ladies Night Out event, which I don't believe they've announced the date for just yet. But um, I'm sure that it'll be an awesome sight to see whenever we do finally get that sometime in 2020. Um, I'm curious to see where the story goes. Um, either way, like it's you know, there's an old adage in pro wrestling where like real life stories make the best um, narratives in the ring at times, and I think that this is one of the better examples of that adage being brought to life. Um, anyway, um, I think that is going to do it for the show this week. I'm going to try and get a little bit of sleep before I catch my next flight here in a few hours. Um, but before I get out of here and catch some Z's, we got to throw some thank yous to some awesome people that helped make this show exactly what it is. Uh, first and foremost, Daniel Quasar. The Progress Pride Flag design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. Find out more at quasar.digital. And of course, we have to say thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme, Formula 666. That is off of the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, or you can check out their music on Spotify or Bandcamp at Sarah in the Safe Word.bandcamp.com. I'm exhausted. I love you all. 
lads, ladies, babies, everyone, get some rest, have some fun, and head into the holidays here, and we will have plenty more queer pro wrestling coverage for you coming up in the coming weeks and beyond on LGBT in the ring. Uh, but until then, I am Brian Bell signing off. Bye! Everybody's ready to die. If they didn't see it coming from the top of the bridge, she made a